Greetings, and welcome to Babylon with Vampa. I'm your hostess, Vampa. On this new series, I've summoned all sorts of creative guests to my lair to talk about their crafts. And with me, as always, is Dead McMahon. How you doing, Dead? I just went through my third divorce. Ooh, sounds rough. How'd it go? She left me bone dry. Aw, that's too bad. But don't lose your head. Anyway, my first guest I actually found creeping around the crypt with a few other fiends, and we hit it off over our mutual love of the macabre, and he helped me with my movie Murder Pool. His own films include The Red Dream and The Upcoming Boxes. I'd like to introduce filmmaker David Villio. Hi, David. Thank you so much for joining us today on my series premiere of Babylon with Vampa. How exciting. Yes. I'm very honored to have you as a guest. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Be the very first guest. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, we both just finished movies. Well, I'm finishing a movie, but you finished your movie this summer. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, so that's exciting. I'm glad to be here. Talk about that. Yeah, so tell me, tell me about Boxes. Um, so yeah, Boxes is my new feature film that I've been working on. Uh, this is up, this is the third year now. Um, it is a surrealist. I, I've been describing it as a surrealist horror comedy drama. It, wow. uh, it touches a lot of bases, mm -hmm. a lot of different genres. Um, uh, kind of a multiverse story um, about uh, feels so cheesy to talk about things like this. <laughs> it's a, it's a story about the meaning of life more or less, or yeah. like my interpretation of that. Yeah, you know something philosophical. It's meant to be more or less just like a statement. Interesting. Above all yeah. Else, you know? So kind of like a an existential, I guess, explanation. Not not so much of a. I mean, there existential dread in there. I, I mean, we, explanation is kind of a strong word for what I'm trying to do. I think I'm just, if anything, I'm just trying to pose questions that I think we should all be asking okay. ourselves. Okay. Okay. You know, thoughts that I think that we should probably try and be keeping in our heads as, as often as possible, just to kind of keep ourselves grounded and moving forward in the in the right ways. So it's kind of some self introspection, I would say, absolutely, or absolutely. introspection. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think that's. Uh, kind of inevitable uh, with filmmaking you kind of can't help it to a degree yeah uh, you know you write from your own id to begin with so of course uh, I, I I mean personally I think uh, good filmmaking is all a little biographical I mean when you're oh, writing absolutely. it and absolutely. I mean even when you're directing I think you put a little bit of absolutely. yourself into yeah. it I mean if it's good mm -hmm. I don't think everyone does that but uh, yeah you're right um, <laughs> I think that the people who really mean what they're doing do yeah you know um and it, it always comes out in different forms you know like mine is <laughs> uh the you know the main character he, he looks just like me uh mm -hmm. acts just like me what a coincidence um it's know, not I, at all like my film right you you have a stylistic <laughs> thing going on but it's still yeah. in a way it's i it it's clear it clearly came out of your head it clearly mm -hmm. is a reflection on how you see the world yeah yeah you know um or, how, or maybe not how you see the world, but maybe how you fantasize about the world. Right, you know? right. And that's that's what filmmaking is, and that's what filmmaking does. That's, mm -hmm. that's, what, that's what's wonderful about it. So how would you how would you say that that boxes? I mean, uh, thematically, or even in I mean, even formally, like you know, as far as like actually making the film, how would you say it compares or contrasts to other things you've worked on, um, either your own you know, write, written and directed pieces or things that you've work, produced and worked on? Um, it hasn't compared uh, at all, honestly. It's been, it's, it, I don't want to sound ungrateful, but it's been one of the uh, most taxing filmmaking experiences of my life. Uh, mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's been, you know, it's been a labor of love. It's like I said, it's been three years in the making now. Um, the crew has switched hands, uh, which was not an easy thing. No, to never is. With. Yeah. Um, you know, I, at the beginning of the project, I was working with very good friends that I'm now no longer working with, no longer, uh, you know, on good terms with necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, so it's 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 a different experience this time around because we just came back and 
for like a four day stretch and like heavy duty filming for the movie you know we had a crew of uh, five people and then we had all our actors and we all just kind of like were pounding the pavement for four days making the movie and it was awesome that was like that four days was absolutely the the best filmmaking experience I've ever had in, in your life in my life that's yeah. awesome and it was, that's and really I, cool yeah and I you know I'm, ex- I'm excited about it because the footage that we got looks great the movie that you know it's it's one of you know you hear about these movies that have these switched hands. I'm I'm glad that I've been a, like a mainstay. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a director, so it's probably best. But um, mm-hmm. you hear about these movies that like switch hands. You know, something maybe like the the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. Uh, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo, which is a great movie. I really love that movie. Um, I don't think I've sat through that one yet. Still. Really? Yeah, oh, not it's in its a, entirety. It's a Dennis Hopper masterpiece. <laughs> one day I will. It's one great. day. You got to get that Dennis Hopper in you. Um, <laughs> It's a movie that the director was fired halfway through. Yeah. And they, like, switched hands, and then they had to, like, do all this, like, Frankenstein work to it. And it did. It shows, you know. So It always does. Yeah. And so that was, like, definitely one thing I, I'm concerned about or was concerned about uh, having yeah. to come back to it. But um, I, think it, I think it all works out for yeah. the better. I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt no, no, you. Go no. ahead. Um, I, I just from knowing you and knowing how you work and and your vision, I mean, I don't I, I think your vision's there. It, it's always gonna be you and it's always I mean, just I've already seen some of the things that you've done and it's really good. so thank you. thank you. I'm excited. yeah, I'm excited for it to be finished kind of um, like if not even just for me for all the all the people that have been involved yeah. so far i'm extremely proud of the work that everybody's done um they, the the lead actor dave collegio um is someone who i've been him and i have been working together uh, like off the wall little tiny things here and there mm-hmm. throughout the years but never anything like heavy duty like mm-hmm, this and mm-hmm. so this was um you know i i took him out for lunch one day and i was just like hey so i just wrote this movie and you want to be the lead and he was like you know sweet old dave's like sure mm-hmm. and uh i don't know if he necessarily knew what he was signing up for at the time but it's you know it's kind of like the uh henry and eraser head he's just gotta keep wearing the same outfit for as yeah. long as i can yeah. to and have the same haircut for as long as i feel bad for him yeah <laughs> yeah uh but um the work that he's been doing on the movie has been is incredible. He's like he's really, really come into his own as an actor, uh, a screen actor. We worked with um, Dale Dobson, who's you know he's a sort of a local legend in mm-hmm. the acting community. He's, he's fantastic, and I, it's, he gives a wonderful performance in the movie as this uh, sort of evil doctor. Uh, oh, I think you showed me his scene. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, it's it's excellent, and I you know I laugh my ass off every time I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he gives a, he absolutely gives a great performance. Um, we actually just shot our first scenes with Wyatt, who you introduced me to, mm-hmm. but have never met. <laughs> yeah, I've never met him. I found. Why don't you tell the story behind that? Yeah, I I found Wyatt through um, Josie and Mike Steck, and Josie was in Murder Pool and Occasion of Sin. And I was kind of scouting around for David, trying to find an actor. And they were like, you got to call this Wyatt guy. And no, actually, that's not what happened. He emailed me, and I put him in contact with David. Okay. Yeah. Well, it worked out, because him and I have hit it off to be great friends. And we just do it. We just filmed. That's awesome. Uh, we just filmed his, like, big scene. And I was a lot of, we were doing, the, like, an Evil Dead kind of thing mm-hmm. with him. Uh, so it was, you know, a lot of those fun, like, reaction shots we were running at him with the camera yeah and he's uh, you know it was, it was a lot of fun and he he again gives a, a great performance very cinematic he's got like a, yeah. a serious presence and it's, it's going to be like when this movie's finished uh, it's going to be a serious contender for the you know the indie community down the river i think it's i'm excited for everyone to be able to see it yeah totally and i know everyone i found through dave or not david J- josie and mike they work with, I think, the Southgate community players, yeah. and they do theater, mm-hmm. and they're all just really very, yeah. very talented people. Talented, good people. Yeah. That and they, about what yeah, they, they do. They want to act. That's what's important. They want the experience, and uh, they, yeah, they're good. Very talented. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's, 
it's a long process, but I'm excited for to, for everyone to see just the acting. The uh, I, I've been working with this new special effects person who's been my assistant director on shooting. His name's Matt Johnson. He's a filmmaker as mm -hmm. well. Uh, made some very entertaining little short films. He made this movie called. Um, <laughs> he made a movie called Intelligent Life, um, and it is like a creep show esque dude smokes some alien weed and then he turns into alien weed and it's a, it's a cute <laughs> little movie but i i noticed when i was watching the movie that a lot of the um, editing was similar to things that i was doing in boxes mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i, I uh, reached out to him and uh went out and had had lunch with him and we talked about boxes a little bit and then yeah he agreed to come on and help out and yeah, another person that's that's hopped on board that's been adding things to the movie that are just like invaluable. You know, what kind of the production levels? What kind of uh, effects does he do? Um, what he caught my eye about was his work with like lights and stuff like that. So he made a lot. He made aliens in the sky. Okay. Uh, and it, they, they, I mean, they look cheesy, but they look good. Does he have a YouTube or anything? Yeah. Or he's got this yeah, stuff. Yeah, you should check um, that out. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll give it to you so you can link. Matt, yeah. Matt Johnson. We'll put the link. Not, not Operation Avalanche, Matt Johnson. He's cool too, but this one's better. Um, yeah, he, uh, um, yeah, so he does like, um, he, he was doing like light stuff and space stuff. He was mostly making aliens. So that's what him and I have been doing a lot. Mm -hmm. like we did one scene where we like created the surface of the sun just practically. Wow. Just like with like lights and an orange and a macro lens. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and it looks fantastic. Yeah. It's, like, it's for this great, we have the sequence, because um, I mentioned it, the movie's sort of about like multiverse. I don't, I don't, I don't want to give too much away. It's one of those things that I don't want to explain too much. Yeah, I think you just need to kind of experience yeah, it, yeah, just yeah. from what I know about <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of sequences where we're just sort of like wandering through space, mm -hmm. and just like seeing the universe and seeing all these different things. And you know, we're doing it in all of these sort of non-traditional ways that they don't, I wouldn't say that they necessarily look realistic but they look stylistic mm -hmm. uh, in a way that's eye-catching and I think that for an indie film that's better than the best you can get yeah yeah I mean it's always good to do something like you said non-conventional mm -hmm. get people to notice absolutely there's absolutely. a lot of samey stuff out there oh, absolutely. so are you done shooting um, unfortunately, not entirely. Okay. Uh, we probably have about like four sequences left to film. Um, in that in that four day stretch, there we were kind of crunched on time mm -hmm. uh, with certain locations, so we had to really cram a lot into certain days. And then we had to, you know, like, well, we don't have time for this, so we got to cut it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, so there's like it's still a little bit more. We're on track to have a finished film by October, and mm -hmm. I was hoping to actually do what you did with. Um, with murder pool and rent out cinema detroit oh yeah I had, that was awesome yeah that yeah. was a great that was a great venue um and they're super nice about and very yeah, accommodating yeah. to indie filmmakers they, and seemed, they seemed like it yeah they love doing stuff like mm -hmm. that yeah yeah um yeah and then after that you know i'll be submitting it to film festivals and doing the mm -hmm. doing the the standard you know like oh, i hope somebody sees my movie right thing <laughs> but it's you know it's just uh it's it's in God's hands, as they say. After that, right, right. I know it's like you do the work, and then you kind of try to push it out and see what happens. Um, is this a this is a full length, right? Yeah, this will be a feature length film. Right now, we probably have about like close to three hours of footage that we have to whittle down. I have a philosophy of, of like I don't I don't ever want to see a David Villio film over ninety minutes long. Uh, it's just. People have bladders. People have things to do. Yeah, yeah. So you're in the 90 minute movie I mean, camp. I, yeah, you absolutely. know, I am too. And there, there are exceptions. There's sure, exceptions to every sure. rule. I just watched a good movie that was over two hours, almost three hours. Mm -hmm. um, downsizing with Matt Damon. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. And I didn't notice how long it was. Now, granted, I was sitting at home. I think it was like a Sunday or Saturday afternoon. Sure. And, you know, that I, can I paused it to, like, you know, use the bathroom or whatever. And But if I was at the theater, I don't know if I'd be that, that thrilled about it. I think that there's like but, a... But, I mean, you know, most of the time, I, I'm not even going to put a movie on if it's like... Too long. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's if a deterrent. It's, it yeah. absolutely is. Man, 
I'm a huge Batman fan, mm-hmm. right? A huge Batman fan. Have been since I was a child. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. first memories. I was so upset looking at the runtime for that new Batman movie. It was three hours long. Is that how long it is? Batman. Now, granted, it's fantastic. Best Batmobile chase in a long time. But it's three hours long for a, wow. for a Batman movie. Yeah. I kind of wanted to see that. I, I, you know, I usually don't watch the superhero movies because, I don't know, I don't really like them that much. That's, oh, that's fair. I I, I feel like uh, Batman is probably one of the only ones that I really go back to nowadays. I, I do struggle with a lot of the Marvel movies uh, and a lot of the other comic books. I'll check in with some other DC movies. Every yeah. Again, I guess, not even really sure why, but... Yeah, just something about my DNA, personally. I can't help but get excited at the thought of a new Batman movie. I mean, time. that's... I'm a huge Wonder Woman fan, and they just totally betrayed me on that. <laughs> Wonder Woman 84, to the point where I was like... I, I didn't see that one. I don't think I like Wonder Woman anymore. And, you know, I recently actually just went to the comic book store, picked up some comics that were really good. So I was like, no, I like Wonder Woman still. I don't like that shitty movie. It, it happens like that. Where did they... they... You know, Zack Snyder had his Justice League movie. Uh, I didn't even ago. watch that one. I think I might have watched the Wonder Woman part because I was like, uh, I gotta see Wonder Woman. It, the movie, it's in and of itself, was all right. It was. Um, it's interesting to see this 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 hyper violent interpretation of the comic books be like a like a canonical thing with yeah. the with the DC universe, but. Yeah, that, in that movie they got Batman murdering people. They got, so I, I know what you're wow. saying about like, you know, not identifying with some of the modern day stuff. So I'm I feel relieved as a as a Batman fan that they actually made a good movie with uh, with Robert Pattinson. No, this is why I want to see it because everyone's saying that it's good and a lot of people who it have does. been pretty critical. It is. It, is, it does. It does and, supersede the um, sort of your expectations. I yeah. think you know, it's, it's trying to do a lot more than your average comic book movie. Yeah. So you know, I was a big fan. We were just talking about putting that on yesterday, and then I was like, I don't know if I want to get into this now. But, yeah, I, I eventually want to One put thing it I was on. bummed that I didn't get to see was the Penguin doesn't do any kind of, like, cinematic, like, wah. <laughs> into the can- he doesn't do it, like, very much Penguin stuff. Yeah. He's just kind of like a grumpy mobster. I see. That's... And that's fine, but there's, you know, a missed opportunity, I feel like. Yeah. You know, Batman Returns is probably my favorite Batman movie of all time. That's a good one. That's a classic. Um... I'm a big fan, as you probably know, of the the '60s show. That oh, was yeah. what I grew up with. Yes, absolutely. that was I am, I am too. just I was a that was like one of my first major obsessions as a child. Yeah, was I am that too. show, and I remember around that time when they did the movie, the TV like network world premiere of the, of the '60s movie, mm-hmm. like on Channel Four. That was like the most exciting moment of my life. And it was right around that time where they were like, and guess what? New movie with, you know, with the guy who plays Beetlejuice, which just blew my mind, right, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that was that was just like, you know, this the biggest event, I think, of everyone's oh, yeah. life who was a child at that I point. I wasn't even born yet. It was the biggest event of my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I just had everything. I had the lunchbox, the shirts, the. I had the posters in my room. I had the stupid one of Vicky Vale, like Why so not? boring, you know. That's as one of my favorite Batman scenes when he has he has the one night stand with Vicky Vale, and then she like wakes up in the middle of the night and like mm-hmm. hanging like a bat. Oh He's God! Like I blocked that part out of the movie. It's like in his free time he hangs upside like down like a bat. Embarrassing. That's what I do in my free time too. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, yeah, I mean, we all do, right? Sometimes you just gotta act like a bat. I mean, I'm hanging out in a fucking dungeon, Tim so Burton I guess... did give us uh, some of our best Batman <laughs> moments. You know, uh, Christopher yeah. Walken's skeleton in Batman Returns. Yeah, uh, Batman, so like, Classic. when I when I was growing up, I always liked the first Batman better, and I was sure. like, no, that movie's good. I rewatched it recently, and I was like, "This isn't good." I'm it's sorry. yeah, it's like it's, it's not like a hobbled good. together like weird yeah. movie. It's like it's got like a million different voices chattering throughout it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got all these like 
Who's that? The Knox character, who's like a Porky's character that found his way into a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. It's like, wait, what's this guy doing here? And then it's kind of like, you you know, the weird, the, the Prince soundtrack is kind of just so out bizarre. of nowhere. It's so bizarre. And I was thinking about that the other day, actually, because I was um, jamming out to Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Mm-hmm. And I was like wondering to myself, is like, is, is, because I was, that is an extra weird Batman song. Mm-hmm. That's a song mm-hmm. that was commissioned straight for a Batman movie. Like, was it really? He it, wrote it for Batman. Written and commissioned straight for Batman Forever. And I was thinking to myself, like, is, is it Prince's fault? Like, is it because, like, Prince was... That, I think that was Prince. That was Prince. He's mad. You shouldn't I'm have said that about I'm him. Not saying <laughs> I love Kiss from a Rose, and I have that whole soundtrack. I, I listen to it all the time. It's very good. <laughs> Vicky's Waiting is a great track. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> so that brings me, I guess, to my next question for you. What's what's next after boxes next for after David boxes. Villio? Um, I'm stepping away from the filmmaking thing for just a little bit um, to kind of regather my bearings. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to help out other people for the most part for a little while. Um, Taking kind of a producer role, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing the director thing for a minute, and it's fun, um, but it's, it's like I said, it's stressful. It um, really, really is yeah, very so stressful. I, I really, I have, this, I have this very strong belief that the, uh, that the filmmaking community, the indie filmmaking community, can be very strong if it's, mm-hmm. if it's unified. Mm-hmm. Um, if, we all, if we all know each other, if we're all working with each other in you know, the best of mm-hmm. ways that we can and elevating each other's stuff, then there's really nothing to stop the independent film community from being just as viable as the actual of course especially in this community there's a lot of us people around here with very unique singular visions Mm -hmm. and you know who are unique i just said unique but yeah you know yeah absolutely yeah um and working on boxes meeting as many people as i have has, Mm -hmm. has done nothing but prove that to me yeah so um i guess right now the one thing i do have on the boilerplate that i'll be producing is um from a friend of mine, John Carpus, is film Roach Killer. Okay. Um, if anybody's unfamiliar, John Carpus is one of the founding members of the Mysterious Film Cabal of Detroit. Um, and he made his film, oh, I always mess this up, it's the Son of Dracula versus the Psychedelic Hercules. Um, I was like, okay, I know this is a long title with yeah. the word psychedelic in, in yeah. there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> John, I'm sorry if I messed that up. It's like I love your movie. I do. I love your movie. Um, so he's he's had this idea that he's been sitting on for I guess years mm-hmm. about this movie called Roach Killer, and he pitched it to me a little while ago. Um, and I was, you know, the idea just absolutely blew my hair back. I think that I think that if we if we're able to get enough traction, it could be the biggest cinematic event to hit Detroit possibly ever and that's you know that's something very exciting I yeah think. you know like something that we can all be a part of all be excited about and like I don't know something you can practically see from space so <laughs> where where are you guys on uh production of that uh very very early script writing right now because mm-hmm. um this was an idea he was sitting on alone for a long time and uh then I rolled along and with a lot of enthusiasm and was like all right let's get this ripping and so I started coming up with new ideas for him that he was liking so now we're kind of like going back and forth and sort of reworking the script with different different things we're doing some like puppet stuff some animation stuff Um, that's cool you know there's gonna be like sequences with talking roaches Mm -hmm. Uh, are those gonna be puppets uh probably it's gonna be like a puppet it's gonna be like a puppet cartoon like a sort of like a sort of like a south park thing i will yeah it's kind of tough to explain but it's you know it's something that we're working on um yeah, and so Roach Killer is the next the next big thing. Um, I've been talking to a lot of people mm-hmm. about collaborating, so I, mm-hmm. it's, I'm sure that my name is going to be popping up mm-hmm. left and right mm-hmm. here any old time now. <laughs> Are you going to get into acting? Um, if somebody asks, yeah, <laughs> I, I won't pr- I won't pursue it uh, like on my own. But if somebody wants me to act in a thing, I'm yeah, sure, well, I'll act in a thing. I kind of act. Do you like acting? Uh, no, not exactly. really. <laughs> I, I feel weird looking at myself. 
Yeah. I have like a very, very, very small role in boxes. No lines. I just, uh, in the script, it's Brian the Burnout. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just like, I'm, I walk a, outside of a bar and just like try, try smoking a cigarette but can't because I'm coughing too much. I mean, that's, that's about what I'm comfortable <laughs> with. <laughs> that, that makes sense. I, I feel like I'm that. I was like, I was a um, co-lead on my first movie, The Red Dream. Yeah. And that was a weird situation. I hope to never have to be co-lead in my own movie again. Why is that? <laughs> I just, it's just it's too hard. There's too many too many hats. Yeah. And it's you know I I'm also weird about attention. I don't want like part of part of the reason I want to be the director is because nobody knows who the director is. Mm -hmm. I can still walk into Kroger. Yeah. You know, and not gonna get mobbed by anybody. Unless I'm like Steven Spielberg. Right. Like what are the freaking odds really? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I have a good chance of being able to still like live my daily life and still get to make sweet movies. Yeah. Just, like stay behind. And the people who recognize you are just gonna be super cool. Right. Because exactly. they're just gonna be huge film it's buffs. Like, you know, it's not gonna be like yeah. Jim Carrey walking into walking in somewhere where right. he's like can't move. He can't. That's petrifying. That's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if as much as I really, really want fame, I don't know, like how fa how f much fame I'd want. I'm too grumpy. Yeah. I'm too grumpy to begin with. I don't like talking to people on a, like a regular occasion, let mm -hmm. alone like a person that presumes to know me before they are like speaking to me. Get to yeah, that's rough. <laughs> people do act super familiar with yeah. celebrities and people, the public personas that mm -hmm. they think that they know because they they see what they want them to see, so they think they see everything. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 yeah, it's so creepy. It's, it's like a fine line that you tread here. I guess I'm, I'm happy to be in, in indie film land. Yeah. You know, like if I think about like 25 people are going to see boxes. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> you never know. No, I know. I, yeah, I know. But um, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's my, my last point on the matter is that fame would suck. <laughs> Well, uh, I guess kind of shifting a little bit. What are some of your like? What are your some some of your major inspirations or influences um, when you're writing or even directing? I was just actually having a conversation today with um, another, another filmmaker friend of mine, Sarah Felicity Root. She um, she just like randomly asked me if Kevin Smith had anything to do with my influence, mm -hmm. and I was thinking about that in a sort of a roundabout way. And I, I, I think it, it's, I think, yeah, absolutely. Someone like Kevin Smith probably has a big roundabout influence on something. Like I think about how we all do it, like mm -hmm. you and me, mm -hmm. uh, maybe not directly, but subconsciously. There's gotta be a part of, uh, at least my brain, every time I'm on a set where I'm thinking about clerks and I'm thinking about the sort of like the ingenuity behind mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a film like that and how you can make something so small seem so big. Um, so, you know, like the standard indie films, the ones that were the trailblazers that paved the way for us to live, like they've literally taught us how to do what we're doing. I, yeah. I kept those in tight reference a lot. As far as like story and as far as like boxes in and of itself, it's largely... Uh, Largely inspired by like Monty Python, actually. Um, okay. Uh, I was watching the episode with the Ministry of Silly Walks one day when I was writing, and I loved the format of the how they would structure an episode with like these skits that sort of like wove into each other and they told a story. Yeah. But it, like you find out through this like bizarre twist and is there something so brilliant about it? And I just, I, I loved it. So I was like, how can I like take that and move that into just like a multi-genre movie? You know, it's not, like there's comedic elements. There's, mm -hmm. there's like a segment of the movie that's this sort of just like bonkers, Looney Tunes, like cartoonish thing. And then there's like, it switches over to, you know, this very intense horror ghost yeah. story. You know, but then like it's, it's in-betweens are sort of like this ominous, eerie, otherworldly vibe uh, so you know like I'd be looking at movies like uh, say like Donnie Darko right like mm -hmm. for how they sort of like shoot Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie is, is something I, I tried to kind of like 
keep in mind when I was shooting Dave for, um, I often say, uh, episodes of Beavis and Butthead on set, uh, particularly of the episode Choking. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's an episode that had a... <laughs> I'm just laughing thinking about that. That's, that's, that's a really episode. funny episode. It's a very good episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Oh, is that you play that on set to like get actors yeah. in that like kind of yeah to get them into the like the sort of the right goofy mood it depends but it, it it all depends on the day because it's like you know one day we're doing we're doing our horror stuff so mm-hmm. it's like all right I have I'll have Evil Dead on the TV yeah because uh, you know the scenes that we were shooting were very uh, Raimi esque I guess I mm-hmm. guess you could say we were you know like I said we were doing like the camera all this kind of stuff reaction shots and mm-hmm. that was another movie that I I, I kept. Uh, kind of close to the chest was Evil Dead. Um, I think primarily course. because, yeah, I think primarily because it's like it's like almost unavoidable. Yeah. And especially as like a Michigan filmmaker. Yeah. You kind of can't help it. You no. Know? It's like every time you get behind the camera, you're like, all right, what would Rainy do? Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, we're so, just following in his footsteps. Right, yeah. <laughs> he's the one who really paved the way for what we're doing. Uh, so that, you know, it, every day I tried to make it have like a different vibe. Um, I think the first day I actually put on Mulholland Drive as everyone was walking in. Uh, just to, here's, a, here's a surreal vibe, everybody. Yeah. You know, um, it's it, a million movies. It's 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 tough to say, like, any one, because there, there, there isn't yeah. any one. Um, I hope that my movie ends up being influential to other people's movies, because it's like I, you know, I my philosophy is to sort of stand on the shoulders of, people have done this before me so I can stand higher mm-hmm. create greater mm-hmm. uh, and so that's really all I was trying to do is like pick up where the people I looked up to left off yeah as ba- as best I can and that's yeah. a, that's like a compliment to them too I, I oh, think absolutely, so absolutely yeah if you see if you see your idols as more your colleagues then things get easy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah because they just started out like you like mm-hmm. you know I, I really relate to uh kind of looking towards kevin smith yeah you know especially with clerks it's like the legend of him just maxing out even his credit cards movie, yeah even if your movie isn't thematically yeah. like that you're still like like that story him maxing out his credit yeah. cards in your head and it's like he he worked his his day job or night whatever yeah. you want to yeah. call it at that place and yeah. then it was like he's, every he's just one of those, moment one of those stories that's like ringing in the back of your yeah. head that like kind of keeps you going and so thanks for yeah smith yes I, you know i may not have liked cop out State ruled. I didn't like Cap out either. Loved Tusk. Tusk was Love that geez. one. Do more Tusk. I didn't see Yoga Hosers. I didn't did see he, that one either. Did he end up doing Moose Jaws? Which one? Moose Jaws. I don't I don't know. I don't think, I think so. talked about that one. I think he's, he's directing Clerks 3. They, 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 I know they've talked about Mallrats 2, mm. Clerks you know, 3. I had a Shrooms experience watching Mallrats. Did you? Oh, man. That movie is a religious experience. I just rewatched Mall Rats and I did not think it held up. Really? So now I have to say sorry, Kevin gross. Smith. <laughs> but I, I was like, this movie's a little <laughs> probably mean. I don't know. I mean, it would it when I was a teen and like I wanted to be. Well, I I take that back when I was a preteen and like I wanted to be a teen. Mm-hmm. I thought that everyone in Mall Rats was so cool, and I was like, I'm at the mall all the time, you know. And I, then I worked at the mall, and I just thought I lived that movie, and it was very, very important to me for a long time. Yeah. And I decided to just put it on because I was working the other day, and I was like, It happens to you sometimes. E. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. But Kevin Smith's a really good guy. He's yeah. got a really big heart. And he really is. I, I think he just, I mean, honestly, I think he's probably grown up oh, since he's written that movie. Oh, absolutely. And that's, so. I think that's honestly kind of one of the big problems. He's, he's, he's grown up and he's worked in the studio system for so long. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's got to be tougher to, do, to go back and do like this. Yeah, when yeah. you've been doing it on a different plane for so long. Yeah, yeah. You know. It's probably like it's probably like unthinkable because like I I think back you know like nowadays like I couldn't dream of making like my first uh, film project was a show called Room for Rent mm-hmm. I couldn't dream of going back and working on that crew with like how we did it it was yeah. just too amateur 
Yeah, you yeah. Know, we just didn't know what we were doing. We still made a thing. It was your learning we, process. Right, yeah. yeah, exactly. But it was just like every time you do it and every time you make something, you you get a whole new set of tools that you carry on to the next mm-hmm, step. Right? Mm-hmm. And to try and, it's like it's pointless to even try and work backwards. Yeah, You know. totally. Did you see... Um, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, I did. Did you did you dig that? It was, it was good. Yeah. I liked it. I laughed. I think it's like I think I'm I think I have a soft spot for Kevin Smith, and that's why I really enjoyed it. I think I'm the same. I thought it was cute. Yeah, exactly. Like mm-hmm. it's you know no it's no Citizen Kane or anything. Right. Like, you know I wasn't trying to be it's Jay and Silent Bob yeah. reboot. It made me laugh. <laughs> I, you know it was I think we it came out during the lockdown, so it was kind of like a nice little. It was one of those. I was one of those movies. That I feel like people were unjustly hard on. I yeah I think so too and it came out very a, a very around the same time anyway as the Bill and uh, Bill and Ted. That's actually that was what I was just gonna bring. And up. I did not one. like that one. Re- oh good, we're gonna have it on. We're gonna have it on the air. All right. <laughs> I like you it. loved it. I thought it was perfectly fine. Yeah. I thought that they did for what they were doing. I think that that's like the best case scenario for a new Bill and Ted. You know, I would really like to give it another watch because, again, that's when we watched during the lockdown. Yeah, yeah and it, was, it came out during lockdown. Yeah, and, and we paid them the exorbitant <laughs> amount of money that they charged for that movie. Yeah, and, I, you know, to my chagrin, I did not really feel like it was going to be worth it, and it wasn't. So another, I would kind of want to watch like, it. I'm not saying that it's anything perfect. And I know that we have this sort of idealized version of Bill and Ted. And I mean, and the, it's, the first two aren't that real. I mean, they're, they're just. I really enjoy them. I do too. Don't uh, I like Bogus Journey, I think, a little better. Yeah, I, I go back and forth. It really yeah. just depends on the day. They both offer such unique. They, they really things. do. It's, it just depends on what yeah. mood I'm in. But yeah. yeah. Um, you got this third movie and everyone's older. You got to keep so many things in mind when you're watching it. You mm-hmm, know, it's mm-hmm. just like, this is not the same, entirely the same group of people that are doing it. You got the core people. You got your writers who, um, I don't, you know, I'm not sure if you knew this or not, but the writer, one of the writers of Bill and Ted is the son of uh, Richard Matheson. Oh, I don't of, think I know that. I knew that. No. Yeah. The author of I Am Legend yeah. and Terror at 30,000 Feet. Yeah. Uh, Co-wrote Bill and Ted. Well, um, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? <laughs> um, so, but he was still, um, he was still involved, and you know, you got Keanu and Bill, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Winters, Alex Winter, Alex Winter. yeah. Uh, you got them both back, and they're both doing a great job. Yeah, they did. The music was like fun, and that's that's what the kids are listening to nowadays. Yeah. As much as we don't like it, as much as we want them to be listening to the hair metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah we can't this Billy Eilish stuff beats and made in the computer what are you gonna do <laughs> you know if you, if you, you once you start complaining about it you just look like a dinosaur right yeah <laughs> the old man yells at cloud yeah <laughs> I miss George Carlin and that's something you yeah, can't that's one thing it control at all miss. but I think we about, I think that's something we can say about every movie and, but Christian Schaub was good yeah. Is that what her name is? Yeah, yeah. Kristen Schaal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like her. She's she's funny. Yeah, she is. Uh, they did they did the best with what they have. Yeah, they and did. If there has if there must be a third Bill and Ted movie, I'm glad it doesn't suck. Yeah. Because like really guys, we could have it so much worse. It, it, Platinum Dunes could have remade Bill and Ted. Michael Bay. Oh. He's out there remaking shit. You think he'd go for Bill and Ted? No, though. but I mean. Like, <laughs> It could have been worse, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I honestly think my thing was that we paid the, like, I don't know what it was. Like, I feel like it was, like, 30 bucks. It was uh, pricey to buy it. And it was, like, you know, one of those, like, desperate lockdown moments where you're, like, we can't, we don't do anything else. It's sad and uncertain. It felt like I Bill and Ted, I need Bill and Ted right now, you yeah. know? It felt like I got shot in the stomach when I couldn't go to the movie theater anymore. Oh, God, I know, I know. What was, was your, what was your first uh, experience going back to the theater? I had an amazing experience going back to the theater. I went to Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, my, okay. my, my hood's being blown off because you asked me this question here. Um, I went to Las Vegas, Nevada to go to Psycho Vegas to see Danzig perform okay. Lucifuge in its entirety. And he had... Done. He did like a Q and A the night before for his movie Death Rider. 
Okay. So I saw Death Rider in the theater. He came out and did a QA. and a uh, It was a really funny experience because I was right in the front. I sat right in the front, and they had, like, Ottomans and, like, uh, a, like a couch in the front. I was just, like, I bought the front row seat, which was two, just because I wanted to be in the front. So I was just, like, lounging there, taking up the two seats. And he came up, and he was like, I feel like I'm in someone's living room. And I was like, because I'm just laying here. Okay. But yeah, so that was my first experience back in the theater. Yeah. Seeing Glenn Danzig's Death Rider. And so how did it feel? Um, I mean, it was kind of odd because I was out of state and he was there doing the Q&A. So it was a little was like... Was it like an actual like movie theater? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was like some mall movie theater in, okay. in like a suburb of Vegas. So that was kind of like overshadowing that, like, wow, I haven't been in a theater since, shoot, I don't even remember, like, because right, sure. it definitely was before March of 2020. It was probably like a couple of months before. It's probably sometime in 2019. I think we went into the Senate and saw um, Invisible Man. That okay. might have been like one of the last ones we saw yeah. at the theater. Yeah, at least or, we went out at the summer. Maybe it was the uh, Jimmy Stewart one at the Senate. It was it was probably at the Senate though, but so yeah, that was like a weird experience. And then when I came home, it opened in Detroit or in, in nationwide, and we went and saw it at Imagine, and it was a in Royal Oak. And I'm sorry, I don't know if it's any different there now, but it was a dump there at the Imagine Royal Oak. Oh yeah, I well, I went back. I went there, oh, shoot, January. It wasn't so bad. It was, maybe it was just they weren't, didn't have a lot of people working there, but it was really dirty, really messy. Um, I'm pretty sure there was a man living in the theater that we were watching the, the movie in. Oh, boy. Um, well, the main art is closed. They got to go somewhere. Yeah. Open it back up, Royal Oak. This isn't oh, boy. It's, it's really sad and... That's- Sad. You know, it, it, it's, um, I kind of haven't even been like looking at it because I feel like it's a lost cause. And I hate that I'm so negative about it that I'm like, well, <laughs> no point in fighting it. Royal Oak's just slowly turning into Royal Joke. Not, yeah, I mean, it has been for 20 years now. Yeah. It used to be so different when I was a teenager and you, you know, you'd go and you see all the people with their mohawks and there's a bunch of cool stores and, I, I, I know what you mean. It, it does feel like a lost cause, but it's it, it's tough to sit there and watch. You know, it is. I've got a lot of really great memories. Oh, God. And I've I feel seen... Like we all do. I, I, the, the, the first time I went out of my house to actually see independent art films, it was yeah, at the main yeah, art. Yeah. Um, there was a long time before... My first film like, in a theater was at the main art. Which but movie was it? Was, it was a film called Jizzly Bear. Okay. Um, I, I can't remember. Who I never directed heard it. of this. I don't know. I can't remember who directed it. Um, a friend of mine invited me to it. Um, it is the tale of a young hunter fellow who is hunting one day, and he the mood strikes him to masturbate, so he does while he's on the tree stand, and his jizz goes into a bear that was laying on the ground. Like this. This is such a like indie film. Oh yeah. Oh, like hard synopsis. Indie. Hard indie. And then so the you know and then she gives birth to the Jizzly Bear. I'm and really surprised. The, I've never heard of this. Around town murdering people and it's just super weird and it was a lot of fun. There was a guy in front of me in the seat in front of me that kept like taking a flask of Jack Daniels and then like burping. <laughs> there was like a draft that like kind of hit just the right way so every time you would burp it would just kind of just get that so like i've got this sort of like putrid memory associated with like a terrible (laughs) smell of this movie where just like somebody's having like projectile diarrhea at a wall and it's like whiskey burps (laughs) and that's and that's really what you want your first indie film oh yeah that sounds like a great experience at the theater it's like 4d yeah oh yeah (laughs) smell vision It yeah. wasn't really intended, but you got it. <laughs> I can't even remember the first movie I, I saw at the main art. Ugh, shoot. I cannot remember. 
I'll never forget all. it. I'll never forget it. They had people protesting the uh, the movie's release. That was they, that's they, awesome. They like came into the theater and uh, started you know getting inappropriate with the audience. Oh it was, my! It was, it was a crazy. What time. year was this? If you don't mind me asking. Boy, this would have been 2014, 15. Okay. Yeah, um, right around my room for rent days. So 2014, Whoa. 2015. I'm trying to think. I'll like... try. I'll try and hunt this movie down. Because I know my friend uh, knows more about it than yeah. I do. I, can, I wish I could remember the first movie I saw there. I don't. It might have been, and I I could be wrong, but it might have been Kurt and Courtney. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, and I, my mom took me and my friend to see it, Nikki, if she's watching. Um, and after the movie, my mom was like, we should go ask if we can get the poster. And I was like, don't ask. She was like, no. They got these extra posters. She got us both the posters. I still have it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we're all going to miss the main art. I, the thing about it is, like, Royal Oak, they want to be this sort of, like, this hipster town, this yeah. nice, bougie area. And they, but what they're not realizing is that they're not, that's not what they're doing. That's not what they're creating by getting rid of things like the main art and allowing your movie theater to be something like a conglomerate corporation like yeah imagine what's happening is that you're forcing out the independent artists you're forcing out the voices that made that community so strong in the first place you're right and so i don't like you're this, there there will be no longevity with this this is only going to flat tire royal oak in the end because you're not doing this in good faith you're doing this because of money i mean for god's sakes the imagine park themselves right behind the main art i know that is not bad business i don't know what it, it is. like looks ugly over there too just from like a, just a aesthetics perspective it just it looks does. ugly and don't get me wrong i'm not sitting here saying that like you know all of these multiplexes are like bad and we all should just go to like the, the movie house I'm not, I'm not saying that multiplexes are are, are fine of course preserved. yeah but don't push out the independent art house cinema i know it, it's a bummer we still need our place to go we do and i'm tired like i I prefer a place like the Main Art, or I prefer the Redford or mm-hmm. the Senate. Mm-hmm. I prefer a place like that I do too. to a multiplex. I don't want to sit in those big luxury reclining seats. I don't want to sit there and watch the M&M. I know commercial. with your chi- with your like chicken tenders. Yeah, yeah. And your big beer. And then and then you got to watch the first run movies and all these filmmakers are making these like three four hour movies. I'm yeah. Like, God. You're killing us here. You know, I I always feel too like they make them that long to justify the price of the ticket. Because they're yes. like up so to twenty like, so bucks it's like now. So this thing yeah. that like, yeah, like filmmakers and studios are working in tandem, just like ruin the industry. I agree. Ruin yeah. everything that makes it good in the first place. And yeah. Royal Oak, that's why you need to keep the main art, and that's why yeah. you need to come back to having your midnight movies. You you need this. It's yeah. Like, we're we're gonna move to Redford next. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm very grateful that we have the Redford. I'm grateful mm-hmm. we have the Senate. I'm grateful we have Cinema Detroit. Cinema Detroit is awesome. Um, is the film lab back up and running yet? Not yet. Okay. But I'm, yeah, when they get up and running, it's awesome to have a film lab. Mm-hmm. Would be nice to have a place in the suburbs, though. Like, like with, that well, anywhere in any of the suburbs, because, you know. I know what you mean. Like, I call, uh, Maple, or not Maple Art, Main Art. Is Maple Art even still there? I don't even. Remember. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it, they're not. They, I grew up in Allen Park. Um, and we had like our dollar show, mm-hmm. which was uh, like second run movies. Yeah, and yeah. That was like our local theater, and that's another one that I have like countless memories with. But that, that now that theater's closed down, and the city's looking at demolishing it. Unfortunately, it doesn't have anywhere near the same kind of like attention. Like it doesn't. Of have course. Like a, you know, yeah. Save the save the Yellow Park Theater or anything like that, but it's 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 happening all over. The place. It is. It's it happened here in St. Clair Shores. We had the Shores Theater. I actually that's the first movie going experience I remember is in that theater seeing Beetlejuice really? in the theater and um I mean I can't I, I think I've seen other movies there but I that was my first experience and it was closed for years and years and years and there's a contract on it where it cannot be open as a theater anymore and so someone bought it they renovated it, and I think now they're going to turn it into, like, a music venue, bar type thing. Uh, they were planning on doing that bef- that's fine. before that's, the pandemic. That's fine that that exists, 
But don't we have enough music venues? You know, St. Clair Shores does not need another bar, okay? Can we have some movie venues? There are people making things for the film. It's a really cute place. It was, I think there's two movie theaters in there. There's two, right? Two? Yeah. Um, and it was a, it was a, I think it was originally a first run and then it was a second run and then it was a first run again. It, it, I think it went back and forth throughout the years, but I mean, it's really sad that they don't, that once I, like, it was always my dream to like buy it yeah, and open I, it I'm up also, like, and me, be I'm, like, like okay. I've got, I've got like schematics in, yeah. my, in my desk at home. I'm like, what I would do with the Allen Park Theater. It's like, you know, being a filmmaker has always been my, my major ambition, but like, my like big dream is to just like own a movie theater. I one think that day. comes with being a filmmaker. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of like because that's for me personally. I'm actually uh, one of the reasons I'm taking a break from filmmaking is because I'm my next endeavor is I'm gonna try and open a drive-in. Oh, that's awesome. Um, a little bit south, uh, like kind of between like Detroit and Monroe because mm-hmm. you got a Monroe drive-in and then you got the Fort Wyoming, and I think that the that is room to grow. Our generation does not have enough driving That's what I'm talking experiences. About. If I open up something two screens, yeah, you know, that could be a fun time. I think. Yeah, yeah. Do first run and then like I, proprietary. I don't, I don't you would just do a proprietary would, thing, just mm-hmm. or not? Is that the word I'm looking for? Or I, program? I, I forgot what word I'm. I'd show up classic flicks. Yeah. You know. Created by you. Um, the, uh, me or whoever I'm doing, yeah. whoever I'm doing, God knows I couldn't do something like that alone. No, it's uh, that's a huge undertaking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like, we'll be, you know, whatever, whatever crew assembles that endeavor, mm-hmm. we'll all be able to contribute our what what we see in the theater or in the drive-in. Yeah, and I'm sure the community will kind of dictate it too. Absolutely, what they want to see, and because I and we'll be in, in tune with that too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we need more of that, especially because main art's going to be kaput. I yeah, mean, it's it's like I think what it is is that we need more spaces where what film is yeah. is fundamentally understood yeah. by everybody in the room. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the big problems that we have today is that a lot of people will walk into a theater and not know exactly what they're looking at. I was actually mm-hmm. just watching a, a YouTube video on uh, Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar. Okay. And about how James Cameron made that movie to be very, very specifically viewed in the theater. It's only mm-hmm. very good if you see it in the theater under very special circumstances with 3D the way it was designed to be shot, right? Yeah. And so now you cut two years later and they got Avatar playing on like TNT, right? And it's like, why? Like that's mm-hmm. it's you're just watching a boring movie with like a like a dull script at that point. Yeah, you know, like there are other elements, and I think that if there's more spaces that understand that, you know, then and and help to inform and educate the people that are coming in as to what they're about to be seeing and like why and what's what the purposes of it are going to be, then I think we can dig ourselves out of the entertainment hole mm-hmm. that we found mm-hmm. ourselves in. Yeah. You know. What do you think about, um, like, I, I've seen, I don't know if this is, like, other areas in the country, but I've noticed in this area anyway, in Detroit, there's a lot of bars that will do movie nights. I've, uh, yeah, I've seen a few of them here and there. Uh, I think that's a really cool idea. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd like to see a lot more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, like, I feel like it's one of those things, it's, like, a niche thing. Like, I think that, like... For the time being, the indie film community is very, like, tight-knit and very, like, it's, it's hard to, I don't know, I feel like it's, it's easier for a lot of the music scene to get noticed mm-hmm. than it is for, like, us filmmakers. I think so, too. Um, you can, anyone can book a show. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's, and you sort of get, like, funny looks when you say, like, oh, we got a movie playing at a bar, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so I think that if there were more of that and there and people were used to it, mm-hmm. I think it would be actually like a fantastic way to actually premiere yeah. things. Because um, that, that, that was actually one of my original plans with boxes was to screen it at like a bar with the original cast and crew because you know you get rowdy in a bar. Yeah, so that's 
like think about the excitement that comes with watching a movie. Oh yeah. Like you, you want to like clap and cheer, but you don't want to necessarily do that in a theater. We we did uh, a showing of Vampus Visions at PJ's Lager House yeah, with yeah, a couple yeah. bands, and that was a very different experience than playing it at the theater. It was it was fun. It yeah. was fun. It was it was different. Did as you get like, a lot of reactions? I did. I did get reactions. It was nice, but I did notice that as the filmmaker watching from the back, it was a little stressful because because you're at a bar. People are going back and forth, and they're going to the yeah. bathroom, and they're going to get their beer, and they're doing this, they're doing that, so and I'm like, you're like, supposed to be watching my movie. Are you? Do you hate it? And it's like, they're just at the bar. Yeah. Now, obviously, there were more people than not who were like, I'm going to sit here and watch this movie, and, you know, they sat down, or they stood there, and they had their drink, and they are ready to go, but yeah, it was, it was different. There was... I it, think it has to be dependent on, on the movie. Yeah. To be played at a bar. You know, because I think it has to be like sort of like a party movie, mm-hmm. something that's like okay to kind of like turn your head away from every now and again. Yeah. So it's like, um, it's like I said, I think for like first time premieres when it's with like cast and crew, yeah, and everyone knows what they're watching and they can just yeah. kind of like bullshit and whatever and be like, oh hey, watch it, we'll check this part out. Yeah. Um, like that's like the perfect setting, or like a movie that everyone loves, like mm-hmm. you know, the bar show in Roadhouse. Yeah. You know, like something like that. A cult, a cult yeah, one a cult or ones everyone's, like, yeah. What, honestly, what I would love to see is for some of the indie movies that I already know, like, I, like I'd love for like John's movie, Psychedelic Dragon, I'd love for that to be like more popular than mm-hmm, it is. Mm-hmm. And then, like people are excited because they're playing that at the bar. Like mm-hmm. same with like, with like Murder Pool or with like, like the Red Dream even. You know? mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Like, I want, I, I would love to see all of this all of our films like have a life that exists. Yeah. You know, and I think yeah, I think that those, the, having a play in bars would be our best kind of way to. You do know, it would be cool if there were more uh, festivals that were geared towards actually playing movies and not um, making you pay a submission fee and then not picking your movie. <laughs> you know, because I I, I found that. You know, you look at these film festivals, and um, personally, I get I get pretty rejected when it when it doesn't get when my movie, my movie doesn't get picked. And then I think about it, and it's like, how many people submitted to this film festival, and fun. how many are they realistically gonna show? You know, it's like I submitted when to I, one that was like, we're gonna play ten shorts, and it's like, okay, and it's free to submit, and this one's free to submit, so it's like they're. There's nothing no loss for me, so I, I don't care. I mean, the only thing I'm going to lose is a little bit of confidence that I don't get picked. Now, if it's like 60 bucks or so, I'm kind of like, I mean, yeah. well, have fun with my 60 bucks, yeah. you know? Yeah. it's uh, When I ran uh, Semfest for the couple of years, we got hundreds. Uh, like I think it was like 900 movies the first year that we had, wow. to, we had to just sit and watch 900 movies. And did you watch them all? Mm-hmm. Good, good on you for that, because I don't think a lot of <laughs> them do. Hard. Yeah, uh, and you really learn a lot about indie film. Let me tell you. Oh, I bet. Um, and then like year two is like I think we were close to two thousand movies. We didn't end up watching all of those, but we did have like how, how we would do it. We would, we would set up like shifts, and we'd like sit for like five hours and just like watch. Yeah. And it was fun, but also just like. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it makes sense as to why they want to charge money. Oh, yeah. Because oh, I, you're, at, you're at a job. Yeah. If you're, if you're a festival judge and you were watching just, like, all of this crap. And it probably limits how many. I mean, some of them are so big it probably doesn't. Yeah. But. Um, I, can, I, I can imagine because uh, I, I bet that that's, like, Sundance's. Yeah. They, that's their big reason is because they don't want to have to sit there and watch. Because that's everybody. Like, that's the film festival that everybody knows off the top mm-hmm, of their head. Mm-hmm. Like, every, like, first-time filmmaker is like, Sundance Film Festival. So, like, that, they probably get five shit zillion submissions every year. Yeah. And that must be, like, I've, like, looked into their judging process. They have, like, so, they have a crazy number of judges. So, like, they've got a system worked out, but it has got to be, like... Me doing Semfest, which was like a nothing festival mm-hmm. at, at the sanctuary, like I think you know, like sixty people attended. Like mm-hmm. that was nuts. That's a lot of people, though. Sixty people. Yeah, no, it was, I'm not saying it was anything. It, yeah, uh, it was. It was definitely a successful endeavor. We did it for two years. I'd like to eventually return back to doing film. I was just festivals. gonna ask you if you think you'll do that again. I, yeah, Something I'd like, like to eventually. 
got to find myself in a little bit of a different position. Oh, man, especially if you do the, the drive-in. That would be that's, really freaking sweet. Yeah. You see, that's what I'm, That's where my mind is at. It's like yeah. in a couple of years, like a drive-in film festival would be pretty That'd cool. That'd be fun. Yeah. They're showing like indie films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be really fun. Yeah, that's, that's the hopeful future. So where can we see your your work other than that that you've already done where can we see um, uh red dream or anything i am else? actually about to be posting the red dream on youtube so okay. you can follow my youtube channel right now it's called sundown pictures but it is about to be changed to uh electric cinema house which is my new company okay um and yeah look for electric cinema house on youtube and that is that is my company you can see some things I've done. If you look, scroll down to the bottom, you can see our uh, our friends' channels, and you'll be able to find Room for Rent. These are all terrible, but they're fun. Get drunk, watch them. <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to be having a trailer for Boxes uh, posted by the end of the month. Uh, I've mm-hmm. already started working on one with the new footage, uh, and uh, I'm hoping to have that ready by October. I don't know what the what that'll look like as far as viewing goes maybe i'll come back on the show and and uh talk about the, the when the premiere of course yeah uh we'd love to have you back but uh yeah so october you think is when boxes is gonna be that's, that's what i'm shooting for and it's and everything is looking uh shape for that i i you know I, I talked a lot of crap last year about a release date and things didn't exactly work out you know that happens when it you're doing this sometimes. this indie stuff and it's you know it's it's all on a shoestring budget it's all on your free time yeah. it's yeah. it's your hobby so it's so, like um, it never very, works out like you think it's going to. i'm feeling very confident that we're um we're gonna have a movie a cool movie mm-hmm. come october starring a lot of really cool people i'm excited for the world to see wyatt woodside and dave collegio and jenna marcy and and all of these people that were in the movie that are awesome that I couldn't have done it without and have made some of the images that are floating in the back of my mind into a reality. Oh, isn't I'm that sure great? You can relate to being an just crazy thing. That's like, <laughs> like my favorite part of making a movie is the actual shooting. Yeah. When you're but like, like, when you're like seeing it shot. done, you're just like, whoa. Oh man, I've been thinking about that for years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll make that my one of my uh, end questions for you. What's your favorite part of the process of filmmaking? Um, it's got to be the being on set. Yeah, the the go 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 of it. I kind of I live for the rush yeah, of it. Me too. Um, I don't, and I think that that's like a new answer for me because it wasn't always that way. Um, I think working with the crew that I did with boxes, um, it was nothing but fun. It was nothing mm-hmm. but getting things done. It was, you know. We were all at the top of our games, and I can't wait to do it again. Honestly. Yeah. I'm looking at, like, I'm editing right now, and I'm just sitting here just, like, <laughs> at the thought of editing. Uh, <laughs> and I just can't wait to get back to... Editing is so tedious. It's the worst. <laughs> and my computer's RAM is, like, so... Like, so if I, like, clip a clip or something, it takes, like, seven minutes to render. Oh, my God. Just sit there for it. Yeah, I got I, I like gave myself like like trauma from editing occasion to send like. Oh, that'll happen. Yeah. I know what you mean, though. I know entirely what you mean. There's oh god, there's like a scene in boxes I probably spent two months editing last year after we finished our our bits of filming. I finished like we I spent like two months editing this thing. I couldn't get it right. I couldn't get it right. I kept trying and trying and mm-hmm. trying, and eventually just cut it. Yeah. Because it wasn't working. Yeah. That happens, that's too. That's how it happens. That's what... At least you try, you mm-hmm. know? And you can always keep your idea on the back burner and, like, reimagine it for another project and at another time. It's the great thing about, like, ideas, you know? Yeah. Um. So look out in October for boxes. And look, uh, don't forget to follow Sundown Pictures, soon to be Electric House Cinema. It's Electric Cinema House. Elect- I'm sorry. <laughs> Electric Cinema House. Do you have any other social media uh, that you... You can follow me on Instagram. I, keep, I, I post there, um, at David's Ghost. Uh, you can probably post that on the... Yeah, I totally will. Um, other than that, no, I don't do Twitter. Oh, get my letterboxed. Get my hot movie reviews. 
You got a Letterboxd account? I do, but I never, ever go to that. it. I used to, follow and then I just kind of was like... I, so I follow Sean Collins, who's one of my coworkers. I, I follow him on there, and he just uh, like liked a movie called Foes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was this movie made in 1977 mm-hmm. about UFOs terrorizing a small family that's taking care of a White House. Weird. And it's all done with this crazy green screen and all these like pirates. From the 70s? From 77. This movie never had Yikes. a VHS or DVD release. It I bet. Had, it only got a Blu-ray release like like five years ago. Was it a theatrical release yeah. or made for TV it made or straight? TV. Oh, boy. Foes. Foes. Awesome. <laughs> There's uh, allegedly a director's cut that's better, um, which Sean was telling me about. So if you get a hold of the Blu-ray, I guess watch the director's cut. I spaced on that until like 15 minutes before the movie ended. And I was like, oh, yeah, I heard about the director's cut. So where can you see Foes? Uh, it's on Blu-ray, but you can also find it on Amazon. Check it out on Amazon. Yeah. Like that. Or, or buy the Blu-ray from Garage House Pictures. They're a small indie label that could use okay. your support. Probably like 15 bucks for a Blu-ray. You can afford that. I can't, but you can. Well, thanks to my guest, David Villio, and thank you to you for joining us on our series premiere of Babylon with Vampa. I hope to see you again next time.